Hey, what's going on, Washington Football X? It's your boy, Rod, and we are back with another pod, your favorite four. We got Steve, Phil, Deb, and myself, Rod. Mm -hmm. uh, so before we jump into it, Phil, please introduce the pod. Pod number 73 is going to be named in honor of Mark May. Mark May, another one of the original Hogs, played for us from 1981 to 1989, um, was a right guard the, pretty much the entire time he played for us. Uh, stalwart player, even though we kind of went through a few different uh, left guards, cycling Russ Grimm and uh, a few other guys, R.C. Thielman, throughout that period. Mark May was always there at right guard. In fact, um, the only time he missed any games from eight, from uh, eighty one until nineteen eighty nine, he only mi he missed a few games in eighty seven, some due to the strike, a couple due to injury. Other than that, dude played in every game. Um, but May was a one time Pro Bowler uh, in nineteen eighty eight, so another hog who did make the Pro Bowl, uh, two time Super Bowl champion, one of the eighty greatest Redskins. Uh, he is actually a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, um, and he, his number 73 is retired at the University of Pittsburgh. You youngins may know Mark May as a broadcaster. He's been, he was, did uh, ESPN's College Game Day from 2001 to 2016, 2017, uh, somewhere in there. Before that, he was a studio analyst for TNT Sunday Night Football. Yes, football used to be on TNT on Sunday nights. Um, and he also did like arena league broadcasts and uh, just he's all been all over the map as a, broad, as a broadcaster and an analyst. Um, I haven't always been the biggest fan of his commentary because he seems at times to be unnecessarily critical towards Washington. But maybe it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you tend to be the most honest with the ones you love. But uh, <laughs> Mark May, nonetheless, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest offensive linemen uh, to ever put on the burgundy and gold and, you know, definitely deserving of all accolades he's received. No, nah, definitely, man. It's, it's always a pleasure to hear you introduce the pods and talk about some of the, you know, the greats from the past and some of the, uh, the current greats that we have. So Mark May, definitely shout out to him. I remember him watching him play and definitely remember him watch, uh, watching him on ESPN as well. So, uh, Mark May, definitely shout out to him. But, fellas, do you guys know what today is for the Washington Football Addicts? Happy it birthday. birthday. It is our birthday. We Go show it. It's your birthday. We are 100 years Go. old for Go. the Washington Go. Football Addicts. And 73 pods. You know, we're recording 73 now and never imagined that it would take off like it has. It's been a blast. We've had some great guests the past year. Um, we've had great banner back and forth amongst each other. Um, get emotional at times. We've we've had you know accomplishment <laughs> stories, COVID stories, like everything. It's it's been wild, man. And you know, Earth is both opening back up. I went into a Walmart today with no mask on. What? It's, just, it's, it's crazy. Were you scared? Man. Like, uh, were you did you were you Would you have any anxieties or anything? Nothing. I think good. I mean, like I don't I don't want to go to church now. They opened it to everybody. My girlfriend goes like every Sunday, and every now and then she'll talk <laughs> me to going. And yeah. man, I'm like, I ain't sitting next to nobody, man. I will, yeah. So for that, so the wife and I are vaccinated. The kids obviously aren't. But, um, we went to, we went trying to do something in Kansas City this past weekend, and we we showed up to the event, and it was packed. And there's a ton of people not wearing a mask. When we're outside, you're not really supposed to, but we pulled away from that. But you know, it's we're getting back to normal. We're, we're planning our Vegas trip for later this year. 
you know, and look forward to doing that with you guys. But one year, man, I, I appreciate you guys. So, Steve, how you feeling about one year in the pod game? Man, so to celebrate the one year, I had to go out and, and get, get the hot shit, man. This is Thomas St. Moore oh bourbon mm. finished. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, Finiskin Chardonnay cast. This is the hot oh, shit. Oh, Nobody shit. can find this. If you look on Twitter, everyone's looking for it. I found it at my total wine uh, up in Laurel by work, but they have one Finiskin Chardonnay cask, one Finiskin port cast. And if you're a bourbon wow. drinker, this is the shit. And so I got to go out. And, this is made in uh, Kentucky, man. Um, uh, in Kentucky. I, I just want to say it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. This is Bardstown. Bardstown, yeah, but this I, is uh yeah. this is I'm the hot stuff, you, man. If you ever get a chance to take your wife, they got a bourbon trail there. Oh, I know um, my 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 coworkers yeah. from from Kentucky. He tells me about the bourbon trail all the time. So it, it, one day, yeah, I've been day. a couple of times in my college days. My one of my friends exactly from Bardstown. That's only about yeah. Bardstown's only about forty five minutes from my hometown. So yeah, so cheers, out of cheers, cheers to you, you 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 fellas. It's been it's been yeah, a great run. Smearing off ice, I'm drinking. There so you go. Know, bottom, bottom just just the beginning. Smart smart water. There you go. <laughs> I'm drinking bad. Walmart brand water, y'all. I'm not, I'm not going fancy. Man, you over <laughs> drinking great value water, man. Yeah. What is water? I buy a 40 pack for $3, man. I, I go through you about you eight well, or nine you of these You might as well be drinking a 40 ounce of Flint, Michigan water, man. This is why I survived COVID with no symptoms, man. <laughs> you're drinking there's, detroit there's ass no water <laughs> oh my gosh but but as we as we move on you know with our one year anniversary birthday whatever we want to call it a recent hire for the washington football uh team uh they, they hired a full-time mental health wellness doc so um i think that's a a, a new trend across the league and it's, it's a positive trend, I think. You know, there's there's a lot of pressure placed on these players. Um, you, we've always talked about, hey, maybe the people need to see sports psychologists. I'm not sure if it's necessarily the same thing. Uh, but, Phil, thoughts on, you know, us hiring a mental health advocate for the team? You know, uh, realistically, it, it can't be a bad thing. It can't be a bad thing to have people to address all areas of health. Obviously, we had to overhaul our physical health. We got, you know, new training staff and everything else with Ron Rivera. Um, and now we're expanding that to, to mental health. I mean, you know, think of it this way. Imagine if we had had someone on staff like this when, say, Sua Cravens came to the team. He might still be in the league. Yes. He might still be contributing if you had somebody like that on staff. So this helps to avoid situations like that as well. It's great for the players. Um, obviously, mental health is something that is – very topical in 2021. And I think that anytime that you're working to improve player, not just player health, player satisfaction, happy players are better producing players. So I think that this is, there's nothing but good that can come from this. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Once again, we were the first, right? No, we're the fourth. We're the fourth. There's a couple of teams that that have done it already, but um, I'm not sure. Do you know the other three, Phil, that have done it? Not off the top of my head, but I'll okay. bet you most. I bet you most of them are good franchises. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Dev, you know, you were getting ready to chime in. Like, how how do you feel about this? You you think it's a good positive addition, or kind of just waving the hand? You muted, brother. Dev's muted. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. 
I would. I wish that uh, we were the. I wish that we had done this uh, a couple of years back. Like you said, we could have saved a guy like Stuart Craven. It would have been a. It would have been a good, uh, good look, anyways, for us to to go in this mode. Who's the, who's the lady they hired for that? Her name is um, uh, Doctor Barbara Roberts. Barbara Roberts. Yep, and she was a. Uh, <laughs> she was a former associate professor at Georgetown University Medical Center, and she was on the White House uh, Office of National Drug. Uh, drug con- drug control policy. Uh, I guess she's worked with many athletes in the past, so I think it was a good hire. No, that's, I that's like awesome, we. I, I also like that we, well, we that, went you know, local. We went with the well, Georgetown Washington, person. She is the fourth, but she's actually the first full time uh, psychologist. The first full time. Everybody yeah. else is part time. Ah, wow. Yeah, that's okay. good. Yeah, so I, I Trend, was the first assumption. I was like, trendsetters, trendsetters. Right. It, we keep doing it, man. I mean, it's good for once to hear about our football team winning off the field. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I definitely want to win on the field also. That's obviously the most important for the fans. But, you know, as, as a human being, winning off the field in ways we can help people with their mental health, we can help uh, bridge the gap with racism uh, in sports. We're doing all the right things, man. We're 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 doing things that that, that are promoting, uh, you know, gender bias. I, I I love this organization, man. I haven't been able to say that in a long time. That I like everything about them so far. You know, uh, just win now, just win. Yeah, it's it's funny you talk about winning off the field. That's something that Bruce Allen said that he would do, but never really uh, came to fruition. So it, uh, it Bruce fucking Allen won off the field, but nobody else did. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> No one else. But the, the, the biggest takeaway I have for this, fellas, is I believe last year, uh, Dak Prescott, to talk about, you know, a competitor you know within the division. But he ha- said that he had some mental health um, challenges that he was dealing with. And I think anxiety or, you know, and um, he was I think Skip Bayless actually kind of slammed him a little bit. And I think a lot of folks jumped on him like, hey, like cut that shit out. Um, and this, this is a good thing. There's, there's only nothing but goodness that could come from this. Um, and like you said, I hope that it does result in players uh, playing a whole lot better um, and getting that that stressor off of them and just performing better on the field. So I, I see nothing but good positive news uh, coming from this. And one of the things they're going to have a challenge with. Well, Ron said that mental health is is one of the most important factors for making sure the, the players are f- prepared for real life challenges. But as someone who can honestly say and I've seen mental health. Uh, quite a few times that I've been out of the military. Uh, we had it really bad in the military. It was a stigma. It was, you're a light foot. You're, you're, you're weak if you don't yep. go, you know, and we just shoved it inside for the longest time. And, and, you know, and some people, you know, are not as resilient as others. And you can see sometimes it ends in a bad thing. So this is a well, great thing, but I will say the hardest problem she's going to have, because the hardest problem that I have is you're new is having to the ability to um, earn trust Yes. Right. It's a hard so 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 when for someone to open up to you, you have to earn that trust. So it's gonna well, take a it's gonna take a while for for that process to take place. But this is all great stuff, though. Yeah. Well, your your whole life you've been told as a man it's not cool to cry or to ask for help. Absolutely. It's not macho. So so that that's what that's what happens, and it's it's probably uber macho in the military. I'm not in the military. I'm assuming it's probably really a macho no, place is, to be at. And that's what Steve was talking yeah. about. Like literally, like if 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 you saw how it's it's changed. I I will say that it has changed for it has, the better yep. in recent years. If you need help, get help, seek help, and you will get the help you need. Um, it's not right. nearly as I don't want to say dehumanizing, but it, it kind of would 
they'd hold it against you if, if you saw it out in yesteryears. But now it's it's not the same. It's it's very positive the way we deal with mental health issues in the military today. So now it's uh, trending in the right direction, as I like to say. But next topic, training camp. So we were – the contract had run out with Richmond. Um, we were – sort of speculating if the Washington football team would travel somewhere else across the country, kind of expand their footprint, yada, yada. Uh, but the team just uh, announced today that they're going to be going back to Richmond, not for two weeks this time, but for one week. Uh, they're going to rent out the facility for $100,000, go back up to Ashburn to close out the rest of training camp. But a, a key t- takeaway that I noticed today is that in previous years, the city of Richmond would pay the Washington football team $500,000 to host that. That's that's insane to me. And they're not doing that this year. Um, and, and I think that's a little bit of goodwill for, for the Washington football team. Maybe that means they're moving the wall to Richmond with their next stadium. I don't know. This is just pure speculation. Far too early to tell. But uh, interesting to see that they're not going to charge the city of Richmond that 500000 like normally. Uh, they're just going to pay them $100,000 for the week stay uh at the train facility. So Dev, I know you're not from the area where, were you kind of hoping that the team would travel and perhaps get a little bit closer to the Midwest where we are and maybe you could see them, you know, in the, in the Midwest. Man, I would love for them to go somewhere like a uh, Louisville or something like that for, I mean, as, as actually a lot of uh, Washington fans here in Kentucky, I, I, I live, I live uh, in a apartment building and there's only eight apartments, but mm-hmm. three of them, houses are Washington fans so we just met each other because I would go outside in Jersey and somebody noticed like we're all three are Washington fans my cross the street all neighbors yeah uh, one of them both of them have joined our group since then too uh, there's tons at work so so um I would love for him to come a little you know I guess a little more western Virginia area yeah. so that I could I could maybe travel to see him that would pre- that would be awesome and that's why I think a lot of people were hoping um you know I, I saw across the Twitter sphere where Folks were saying, like, please come to Cali, come to Arizona, you know, come to Idaho. It doesn't It'd matter. It'd be dope you know? if they went to, like, London or something, too. That'd be dope, in my opinion, oh, you know. That would be – I think that should be what they do. That's no distractions, really. For them. Andy, Andy have, Burroughs would have a stroke yeah, of happiness. Man, man. <laughs> if they went, like, to, to Boston Andy, or somewhere, it'd be pretty yeah, dope. Shout out to Andy. Well, remember back in the day, it used to be Frostburg. I mean, Carlisle, they, it, you got to get away, avoid the distractions. And then Bruce Allen, I don't know whose call it was, but that was Ashburn, a Dan Snyder thing. Ashburn, and Ashburn. Bon, bon but um, yeah, I'm excited personally. I have, but, I have, I have an idea. I have an idea. Since they like college, since they did the college campus before with Frostburg and Carlisle, um, you know, JMU has some nice facilities. And I'm only 20 minutes from Harrisburg. I could, I would love, I would love to be the official training camp correspondent of the Washington Football Addicts, um, <laughs> <laughs> the best pod in the Washington football uh, podsphere. Okay, I, so, I got a big backyard, man. <laughs> well, I was all excited when I when, when I heard it was coming down. Then I looked at the dates and like, oh shit, I'm gonna be at the beach in Delaware during this whole week, so I'm gonna miss it. I can't even go to Richmond. I'm so pissed. Uh, that sucks. Who's going to the beach in Delaware, bro? Bro, like, you don't you don't know about the beaches in Delaware. I got I got some good. Nobody spots knows for you. about the beach in Delaware. Yeah, they do. I do. You got Rehoboth. You got Bethany Beach. You got a lot of stuff, but I like to go away from the riffraff. I like to go further north. With private you know what i'm saying so but i'm a little bummed i did want to go 
Uh, it's always next year though, so I can get some more signed uh, signed apparel that I, so I don't have to buy it on eBay. Show well, you whatever guys. whatever they end up doing, they again since we're taking fan feedback into consideration for everything. Mm. Uh, Richmond was a love hate. Some people like Richmond. I liked Richmond. I I, I liked. I don't mind the drive. Um, you know, I didn't really have too much of a problem with parking or anything. How, like that how far is that for you, Phil? Uh, for me, it's about, about hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, it's eight, it's yeah, eight hour hours for me. I looked hours. it up. It's like eight and a half hours or nine and a half hours from here. I looked it up. I'm like, nope, won't be doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not. Do I'm sorry. I said eight and a half hours today, Deb. You could definitely do it. No way. <laughs> I drive eight hours a night. I still don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh, no, I mean, whatever they do, they have to just, wherever location they decide to do it in, I'm sure they're going to take into consideration fan feedback for what they liked about Richard and what they didn't like. Um, you know, I didn't mind it at all. Of course, I, I also like the city of Richmond, so I, I don't have a problem with that. But uh, some people didn't like it um, because Richmond is very – close to sea level. So it gets very humid in the summer down in Richmond, plus you know, to ride off the James River. So I guess, you know, whereas places like Carlisle and Frostburg, Carlisle's further north, Frostburg's up in Western Maryland in the mountains. So it's cooler. It's a little more comfortable to stand out there for three hours and watch practice. Um, so it, it, whatever they do, I'm sure they're going to take fan feedback into consideration, whether they go back to Richmond and also whatever incentives the team has to to move to that location but you know those i'm telling you they make more money than you realize at training camp with they, all they, the merch they sell they do but like here's the thing so when i went that when i was in stafford virginia living there the past couple of years i went to richmond and it was it was wholly underwhelming for me though um I'm not sure yeah. if I just went during a bad time, but like I didn't see a lot of vendors like selling food or snacks or anything. And I'm not sure. I've never been to an NFL training camp, so I did not know what the atmosphere would be. Um, I didn't see folks, you know, necessarily. Like, it was it was very hard to try to get like autographs or anything like that. My persona is like I'm I'm older than these dudes, so like I feel like a little chump if I'm like begging them for an autograph, and I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't feel that way. We're we're just fans of the team, and they play for the team, but um. I never really want to like fight through a crowd to like get an autograph. So I never got anything signed at a training camp. And like Steve did, what does, you know, I have to go on eBay uh, and just buy stuff. So well, remember they had, they, they had a, they had a bunch of strife with uh, the city of Richmond over money. Yeah. Like the, the, te- the, the Richmond didn't want to pay. The team didn't want to pay for their own cause. So it, I mean, I think that was 2019 or something like that, but um, have they announced? Have they said who's paying for what? Yeah. Or, so or? we're we're we the Washington football team is paying a hundred thousand dollars for the training facility, and Richmond okay. doesn't have to pay the normal five hundred thousand that they would pay to Washington. That's good. Okay. Yeah, and I would, that's crazy. Good. You know, like to, for for a multi billionaire franchise to do that, you know, it, it, if you're expanding your footprint, I get it. Everything's about money, but I think that's kind of bogus that they were charging five hundred thousand dollars to the city to host a training camp for two weeks. Which maybe they they make that money back in tax revenue and you know sales. I'm sure they do. They they have to if they're going to pay that fee. But that just seems a little bit excessive to me for two weeks of training camp. Yeah. But it's the same stadium argument too. Like the city, the the team wants the city to pay for it, and the city said the team wants the team pay for it. It's it's it'll never stop. But at the end of the day, the team's bringing economy to a city. You think the city would want that? So I don't know. 
Trust me, yeah. uh, I had a conversation. This is the one time I ever got to talk to Michael Phillips, uh, who some of y'all probably know from Richmond Times Dispatch. RTD? I actually got to talk to him in 2014. Uh, I went to camp and I talked to him, and he was telling me about how far and wide people had traveled to Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, Do you get the impression they're staying or are they just coming and going? He says, No, most of them probably stayed the night before. So just, I imagine just the, the tax revenue to getting from hotels, meals, things like that is a net positive in revenue for Richmond. But yeah. at the same time, Richmond's probably, you know, they're trying to spend as little as possible to maximize what they're getting in. Yeah. And, you know, the team only, you know, wants to make as much as they can for bringing that to the city. So there's, that's, I'm sure, probably typical stuff um, as far as that goes. But if they go to a smaller location too, um, you know, I imagine they'll get less money, but they'll also have less pushback from the locality because the locality is going to take it. So if you go to like a Frostburg or you go to a Harrisburg, you go to a Carlisle, you know, these are areas in which you're not going to get, you're not going to get as much money from that locality, but you're also going to have a lot less in the way of pushback and, Hey, we want to do X, Y, and Z. They'll have a little more free reign to do things the way they want to. Yeah. And, and Phil, I, I know you're definitely the perfect person to get chosen for that, you know, that fan advocate position because it seems like you have a lot of great ideas. And I'm not sure how the, the organization is going to solicit uh, feedback from you guys, but I'm excited to know that one of the addicts is part of that program and will be, you know, a voice of perhaps reason for the organization, <laughs> fan base, whatever. So everything you're saying here, if, if you're ever part of any conference call, Phil, please bring that up um, because they're, they're, they're definitely valid points that the team needs to hear. And uh, yeah, looking forward to what happens, uh, what comes of this fan program that Washington's put together. So what, what does the acronym stand for again, Phil? Fan Ambassador Network, the F-A-N yeah. fan. Um, they covered so many different uh, categories. I mean, you have, like, I, I'm going to be part of culture, which is going to include not just the culture of the city, but it's also include the history of the franchise, things like that. You know, putting my whole human computer name to to test. Um, you know, and a lot of things they talked about is how do we tie the past into carrying things forward? Yeah. And there's a lot of importance to that because we're making this huge switch with a name change, which is going to be a bit of an identity change. They want to change the identity anyway. You know, that's been part of this whole culture change going on within the football organization, yep. let alone the non-football aspects. Uh, you have people who are who are going to be giving feedback on entertainment, food, uh, family experience. At you know, uh, they cover so many different aspects of what the fan, what the, not just the fan experience of the game, but the experience of being a fan of the franchise in general. Um, I'm really excited because I get to. I'll, I'll go so far as to say this if they've named everybody at this point. So I'm not really – other people probably expounded upon this too. We meet quarterly with whoever from the organization. If they have ideas they're, that they're cooking up, they're going to bring those ideas to us. We're going to focus group those ideas. We're going to be like, hey, great idea. No, horrible idea. Hey, we have this idea. This guy has that idea. It's going to be that exchange of – of not just feedback on what they want to do, but ideas that we have that we bring to the table. Yeah. 
and there's going to be a lot of dialogue. And it's giving fans a voice, a seat at the table when they make these decisions. Um, I don't know if any other franchise in the league does this. If they do, you know, it's, it's good for them. But I think it's great for us, especially an organization that has had, you know, in the past 20 years, there's been a bit of a rocky, contentious relationship between the fans and the organization. You know, people don't like the experience at FedEx. You know, they don't, you know, they didn't like the social media for a long time. And, you know, now it's one of the best in the league. Um, But the big thing is, is that we now have an official voice. We have people to represent. And, hey, you know, congratulations to a lot of very notable positive voices in the fan base on Twitter and on social media are in this. So they're also easy to access. Yeah. No, Anybody that, watching this, my Twitter handle right there, Filio83. Find me on Twitter. If you've got ideas that involve culture or the history of the franchise, that you would like to see emphasized, hit me up. Yeah, let, you let me voice. know. Yeah, uh, that's that's dope, man. And it's it's crazy because we had Julie Donson on a couple pods ago, and you know I was wearing my Redskins hat and the Redskins shirt, and she was like, "Hey, like I get it, like it's culture, it's part of your guys' identity." So it's it's awesome that you're you're part of that specific subset. I didn't realize that they had a specific kind of subcategories for how they're going to run that fan network, but um, I'm I'm looking forward to what happens with that. And, uh, uh, well, I'll even tell you this, just throw out some, some, uh, a name. Those of you who, who are been following the podcast, Rio Robinson, we had him on, uh, previously. Rio is also a fan ambassador. He's going to be covering entertainment. Okay. So a lot of this is going to be like music at the game day experiences, things like that. So those of you who go to games and you know, you want to see live bands, you want to see entertainment, you want to see, Stuff that's interactive. That's your man. Talk to Rio. So we need to ask Rio, is there going to be a band next year then, right? I don't know. When Rio was on the power with us, he couldn't hear us as we were rocking out to music. So is he is he the good fit for entertainment? I'm joking. Rio, I'm just uh, smiling as I say that, man. <laughs> nah, Rio says that I, he strikes me as a dude who's got like a studio in his basement. He probably does, man. He probably does. <laughs> But uh, next next topic I want to jump in with you guys to discuss. So uh, if you guys haven't uh, heard, I was on the Back Row Redskins show a couple of uh, days ago with uh, our, our boy Manny. And one of the players that was discussed as far as a sleeper, for me at least, I said, hey, I think Derek Forrest is going to be one of our sleepers this year. I didn't commit to him being a, a full-time starter for the Washington football team. I think we're hopefully we're pretty good at the safety position, both strong and free. Um, with some of the depth and potential starters we have. But we've heard his name a lot uh, during OTAs the past two weeks or so. So I'll kick it to you first, Dev. Uh, Cincinnati Bearcat, Derek Forrest, do you know anything about him? Have you have you seen or heard anything? And if not, that's fine. You know, we could we could push it to one of the other folks. But No. Um, I mean, I, I uh, after hearing about him on, from you guys and on uh, the interwebs, as you would, yeah. um, I, I went to, of course, obviously YouTube, like everybody else does, and I read a couple of articles that uh, John Kime had written, um, and it seems like he's doing pretty good. I, my only issue about it is the position he plays. Unless somebody gets hurt or vastly underperforms, what do you do? Like, what are you going to yeah, do with that? 
I just well, wonder, is he, unless, unless he's so good that he starts. If he's so good and he starts, then ha, then you win. But if he's just good enough to be on the team, like, what do you win from that? Yeah. Because we, we know Reeves can I'm play. We know Everett can play. We just got a guy in free agency that plays. Yeah. Uh, I guess Abke's still there doing something. You know, I, I don't know. Who you push off so the team? They're moving, they've been trying Abke at cornerback. Um, is that is that been, just because they needed bodies out there because it's just OTAs or or is it because that's where they're going to play them at? Well, they had this the, the OTAs were probably about about ninety six percent show rate. So I don't I don't know. They could have they could have just been testing things out. It's OTAs. They could have just been putting the body somewhere and see how he performs if it, if his hips have loosened up from the past two years. Um, pause. But you know it's <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll 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 see. But I'll kick it to you then, yeah. Steve. Uh, how are you feeling about Derek Forrest, man? You know much about him. You know, you think he's going to be an impact player perhaps or what? I mean, I know that he had three picks in three days. So that's, that was pretty impressive. It, to me, it's, I think it's just paving the way for probably Cam Curl and Derek Forrest to be the future secondary, regardless if you say they play the same position or not. I think Landon's, I think we can get out of Landon's contract next year. So I, another gem, Hey, whoever, whoever scouted that dude, if he More ends up a starter, then it's a, it's a win. I, I just don't understand if he's not going to be your starter. I really like Reeves he last year too, though, man. Yeah, it seemed like the same guy to me, almost. But you okay. already seen one guy do it on Sunday. That's yes. that, yeah. That's the thing. You can say it's practice how you want to. Obviously, Apke was doing something in practice to be starting at the beginning of the fucking season. Obviously, in the OTAs or whatever they did last year, Apke must have been ripping ass out there or something. You know, no, Sean Davis just day. stunk. Let's let's be man, honest, man. Either way, he still started there. Reeves and uh, Everett were on the team when he was there. You know what I'm True. saying? Curl was True. on the team. Curl was on the team too. Abke started. I'm so not I'm, worried I'm just, about Forrest, but here's the thing: Forrest doesn't play the same position. Forrest is more of a free safety. That's something you got to take into consideration. Free safety, oh, we're, you know, we're looking at Reeves and we have Reeves and Everett back there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not talking about Troy We're not talking about but we just picked up a free agency, a free agent, uh, free safety also. You got him. And then you got to think of, that's not the point if he's a free safety or not. You still got two or three other strong safeties you're going to keep. So we're going to keep nine safeties? That's my point. You got, how many safeties Position do you think we're going to keep? Flex. Four? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, we had two go down last year, Everett and Collins. Injuries are going to happen. We can stash these dudes on the practice squad. I know I don't know I what the rules it. are for for COVID this year, as far as not being able to poach players off off practice squads. But Forrest got drafted, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. So they're not if you cut a guy that got drafted, he's picked up. They're going to pick him up the next day, man. That dude's not going to not going to last at all. Yeah. So you can't really get him on a practice squad. Hey, but you know what? All these things we're talking about, they're great problems to have. When have we talked about, man, we have so much death. What are we going to yeah. do? When have we ever said that? It's like, what bum is going to come off the street and play offensive line next week? So <laughs> these yes. are all good yeah. problems to have. Yes. But you, like to see, you like to see guys like that who are kind of bubble players play like their job is on the line. Yeah. Like well, honestly, they're he's a, he's they're a competing pick for a, spot. a Well, fifth round pick. I mean, you expect him to make a team, but he's trying to be more just a special teams guy. He, you know, and that's something that people thought he was going to be. 
was going to be the Shazer Everett all over again, just a special team standout. Yo, remember, and he's doing more than that. Remember we laughed at Logan Campbell when she said AGG was a dark horse to make the team? and Was it was AGG, though, valid. or was it somebody else? No, I think it was I think it was. AGG. I, I don't know. I had to go back. I, I think I mean, it was, but we laugh like he's a fourth round pick. What are you talking about? You're probably right. Like that dude's a dark horse to make the team this year. You know, she don't have a job anymore, does she? Yeah. She shout should. out to Logan. Yeah, she she should. I, I'm not sure what what led to her dismissal from the uh, the organization. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if she called anywhere else, but Claire Boy, like, the 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 going up to like the draft and everything like that, like all the draft profiles. I thought she was doing a good job, so it was yeah. a surprise. Uh, cut to see her release, but that's that's the world of business, man. You, you got good people that get let go, and it happens all the time. But other than now, that, Eric, go ahead. I was gonna say another name since we're talking about who else stood out from from OTAs. Yep, Benjamin Saint Juiced, Saint Juice. Right, that dude apparently that right? has been standing out as well. I mean, again, third round pick. You expect him to make the team, but this is a, you you want to see guys like that push for playing time. Um, apparently, you know, he's, he's playing right up on a lot of these wide receivers and not letting them get anything easy. And, you know, I'm you want that from a Everett. big physical. You know what? I'm going to predict now everything going to make the team, man. Abkin yeah, going to make the team either. St. Juice is a cornerback, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. a corner. Yeah. Well, that will yeah. make sure that Abkin doesn't make the team. So, which, which, thank God. Um, but I like... I was a fan of his command, uh, Minnesota. Not everybody was because, you know, they, they, people had their opinions. But I like the kid. Every time I did mock draft, I always seemed to end up picking him, um, you know, late third, early fourth, and he went late third. Um, and I, or he went mid third, I'm sorry. But nonetheless, he's a big physical corner. And I think that gives us a nice counter to some of the finesse we see from a guy like William Jackson. William Jackson's a real finesse corner. He, he presses well, but he's not – he's not that big stature. He's not a physical corner, uh, per se, like uh, St. Juice is. So I, I just like seeing that. I mean, he, he apparently snagged, a, a, from the video I saw, a really nice interception, undercut a route nicely. Um, and, I, you know, and all reports are saying that, you know, he's – mixing it up with the receivers, getting right in there. So I like seeing mid-round rookies fighting for playing time, like just saying, look, you're not just going to put me on the pine. You're going to give me playing time because I'm going to earn it. I love seeing that. I love guys coming in like that with that mindset. Yeah, to me, yeah. my my, I've, I've, I've liked Deami Brown, uh, Deami Brown and, and Camp. And here's the funny part. Y'all going to get mad at me just because I, I like to follow stupid, stupid, stupid storylines. But Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, advanced metrics, he was the number one rated passer under pressure in 2020. The highest passer rating in the NFL at 98.6, completed 62.1% of his passes in the NFL. So – you combine that with having a dude who can just run straight really fast, like we haven't seen since Deshaun Jackson. It, you know, it's got the potential to be really, really good for this offense. So I'm excited. We haven't had a guy who can take the top off since Deshaun, but yeah. when we had Deshaun, we really didn't have anyone who could throw on the ball. So what? What McLaurin's forty time just as fast as he is? Some shit. Yeah, but get on the game speed. McLaurin's not beating people on fly routes. You know that. He, he's just not. Yeah. McLaurin's, now, McLaurin's a route runner. He, that's he what I was going to say. He runs low to the ground. Yeah. 
Yeah, McLaurin, McLaurin's the kind of guy who he gets you off the cut because when he cuts on a, on a post or a slant, he doesn't lose speed. So that's that's one of the things that McLaurin has has an advantage. Deami Brown, track star type type explosion. You send him deep, he's gone. He doesn't need to cut. Uh, McLaurin's game speed probably about like just a, he's he's still fast, but he's about half half a notch slower in cleats um, than Brown. But McLaurin, of course, like I said, he, he's such a crisp route runner. Uh, whereas Brown, I mean, you can fly route that dude all day long. And that's just going to make McLaurin's life easier. Yeah. And, you know, talking about OTS for me, I'm going to jump in before we switch topics. But uh, a standout for me was at least a mention by the, the, the coach, Ron Rivera. And he mentioned that Sadiq Charles was taking snaps at left tackle in the absence of Charles Leno being gone. You know, he just got, came here from Chicago, of course. Wife just had a baby. Um He's expected to compete at left guard, but he looked decent during OTAs. I mean, Chase Young wasn't there, so he wasn't going against perhaps premier talent um, against him. But he, he was serviceable as a left tackle, and um, Christian Lucas was the the right tackle for that. But you know, it's good to hear. You know, someone that we drafted last year unfortunately had an injury the first time he re- really had like live game action and went down like the second or third play. And never really saw the field again. So good, good to hear that he's trending upward and, and doing what he needs to do. And hopefully he performs well, whether it's at left guard, left tackle, uh, whatever. So another good well, problem to have. Did any of y'all hear what Brandon? Did y'all hear what Sheriff said about uh, Sam Cosby? No, I didn't. I, I saw it. I saw it. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> so apparently, Cosby walks into the weight room and Sheriff's doing deadlifts, right? But, you know, offensive lineman, when, when, when offensive lineman deadlift, it's heavy. Apparently, Cosby just walked over like, let me work in, and just started just, like, blowing thing, things away. And Sheriff says, I looked at him, and I just went, holy shit, where did you come from? That was his exact <laughs> words. Um, so, if you're a, guy, a rookie, you walk in, you're an athletic rookie. Cosby was rated as the second most athletic tackle to come out of the draft. Since like the mid '80s, since they started keeping all these combine metrics, yeah. And he walks he in. Me hype over here, man. With my hands together <laughs> like smithers and shit. He walks. <laughs> he walks into Dirty a weight man. room and and just starts starts you know, but he walks to a weight room and he's just like, "Oh, you doing deadlifts? Let me work in." And just starts just repping them out, repping repping them out on uh on sheriff like that. I mean that that's. That's, that's a demoralizing. Different... <laughs> when you're, when you're that already warmed up and that's your working set and someone's like, let me warm up with you, like, holy shit. Well, I, want a warm, I don't know if it was a warm-up, but apparently he was repping right there with Sheriff. And Sheriff's a strong dude. But those, he was repping right with him. Those, and this is a those rookie. Oklahoma's, those Oklahomans were him and uh, Ioannidis were probably epic. Oh, yeah. my God. Can you imagine that? Man. <sighs> Who 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 did we used to have from um, Nebraska? I know Phil Daniels and Murphy. Trent Murphy oh, was no. in Nebraska. No, no, no. Yeah, he was, was doing um... steroids. Damn it, man! <laughs> he used to always. It, this is when like Philip Daniels was on the team, though, man. Oh. But he used to always go back and forth with each other. Can't Offensive lineman. Right um, no, no. um, 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 Car- um, character. Adam Character. 
Oh yeah, character. Yeah, character. Yeah. They always used to have like uh, lifting battles or something like that. So, What's the uh, big strong linebacker from Louisville we had? Uh, Loax. Yeah, Lorenzo Alexander. No, like, no, nah, nah, he's not from Louisville. There, it was a linebacker. I can't think of his name. He was like that. I don't think he ever made the team. Nah, fuck it. Oh, who was that? There was a dude who we had that played linebacker, offensive lineman, and defensive lineman. Who the hell was it? Rock um, Alexander. Yeah, that dude name? apparently was a weight room champion. Yeah. Like, I tell you, know, you, I geek out over that. But when I heard that stuff about Cosby, I was geeking out. I was just like, yes, 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 yes. I like, so that, I like my lineman and that dude. I'm just like, when I'm hearing that, I'm like, this, that's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now we're talking about you know weight room champs. We need a rehab champ, and the next guy I'm going to talk about is Antonio Gibson. So. He recently came out and said that, hey, you know, his he's still rehabbing that turf toe injury, and he could probably play, you know, if there was a game tomorrow, you know, Sunday, whatever, he could play. But it's still something that he is maintaining and keeping an eye of. So it is now June, and that turf toe was hurt maybe, what, November, December? How concerned are you, Dev, because, you know, you're a former distance runner and, and sprinter, I'm not sure if you've ever had a, a toe turf injury, but do you have any concern with our starting running back saying, hey, my turf toe is still bothering me? And if so, who the hell are we looking to in the running back room to replace him? I I definitely uh, have had turf toe. It sucks. Um, honestly. I, but the reason I had it is, you know, running track on uh, concrete, practice on concrete in uh, spikes, it'll mess your feet up, you know. But it does hurt. It doesn't hurt much to uh if you're jogging or running really fast it's usually fine then but it's the sudden movements and the and the, and the light jogging kind of activity that hurts the worst and it only gets better with yeah. rest so um that's going to be a tough call it might be somewhere first half season or up through mini camp wherever uh that he that he has to you know not get reps or just rest it up but i say before the season starts he'll probably be okay does he, is he wearing a plate? Didn't say. I didn't see any specifics other than him just saying, hey, it's it's still something I'm monitoring. Um, who who wore a plate a couple of years ago? Was that Pierre Garcon, I think? Yeah, he had he had bad yeah. turtle too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, he still I, I couldn't tell, you know, Pierre's obviously a, a hell of an athlete. Um, but when he had his turf toe, he's you could probably tell that it bothered him, but he still performed pretty damn well with it. So that gives me a little bit of hope knowing that, you know, you have premier athletes that can still perform. But with that said, Steve, I think you brought it up either in a chat or on the last pod, whatever, but um, you're talking about using Gibson more uh, receiving role as well. So if, if cutting kind of hurts, do you think that's something they got to put on the back burner? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, first off, we'll, 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 We'll table those turf toe comments for episode 88. We'll drop okay, that nugget right here. Absolutely. And yeah, so I mean, Scott Turner said at his press conference a couple of weeks ago, yes, they want to put more receiving options on the table for Antonio Gibson because he, I think they pretty much underutilized him last year. I don't know why they treated him like walk, crawl, walk, run. I mean, the dude was a former wide receiver. Why not just use his strengths last year? But he did say that this year they're going to put more receiving routes in him. But it's hard to cut just like, like you guys said. So it's probably going to be off the table till he's healthy, but no worry. I, 
I'm, you know, I was hesitant last year, but JD McKissick showed me that he can play the role and he can play it well. That's Dev's boy. I know Dev was all in on JD McKissick. <laughs> JD McKissick can 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 play the receiver out of the backfield really well. So I think we're fine. And who's that other running back that we picked up? Jared um, Patterson. Patterson's Jared a Patterson. bowling bowling ball, dude. So Are I we think still we're got okay. Miller? Still got we still got Lamar Miller. So I think we're okay if, if they got to sit him for. A couple weeks, I'd be a little salty if they did if he's on the pup Man. list. But you know, I, I'd like to see him play personally. Let's 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 do this thing, man. It's it's time to roll. Let's come on, AG. Let's go. Right, well, definitely. Yeah. Phil, you got any concerns? Uh, lingering injury issues at running back always concern me um, because it is such a you only get a limited amount of time with running backs in the NFL now before they hit, you know, their late twenties, 30 years old and the wear and tear starts to get on them. Um, I think it's interesting to look at using him more as a receiver. Um, maybe that he has improved his habit of body catching. And I think that's one of the reasons why they didn't do it last year. Cause Gibson was Gibson's, or he was because he split time at different positions He's never truly refined at either receiver or running back. He got refined at running back. And I, one of the things I always had a criticism with Gibson, you all go back to the early pods, you hear me say this, he body catches. All right, he doesn't catch with his hands. However, you did see him go with his hands more at the end of last season. And I think that that's probably something they had worked with and they felt more comfortable utilizing him more in the pass game. Screen now, game I'm not a, – I'm not – obviously, I said that J.D. McKissick was our best slot receiver last year. I'm not huge on him as a running back carrying the load. I like him as a you know change of pace kind of guy, whatever. Um, Patterson will be interesting. I think that, I think that we have such an, a focus on the passing game that it kind of allows us not to have to lean on the running game, which means that whatever production we get, it's just icing on the cake. We're going to be a passing team next year. It's obvious. Look at all the the look at all the chips we put in at receiver. So I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned, but I'm not worried. But it is something yeah. to keep your eye on. Yeah, and it's it's weird though that you say we're going to be a passing team, and it's I, I don't know if it's just a little bit of miscommunication from the organization right now. You know, the organization being the coaches, but. Uh, I've seen reports that said, hey, we're not going to place everything on Ryan Fitzpatrick's shoulders. And then you see reports where Scott Turner saying, hey, like we're going to really take – we're going to attack deep this time and, and, and take shots down the field. So, I don't know. It's it's, it's, the, it's the Mike Shanahan school of misdirection. Yeah, Belichick, Shanahan. But you know, I'm all for it. I think – I also would say that that whole we're not going to lean on Fitzpatrick is also a way of saying we've got so much talent at receiver – all he has to do is get the ball out there. He doesn't have to make the receivers better like quarterbacks in the past have had to do. Yeah, very true. Yeah, um, no, and, and, and I hope that's absolutely right, man. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, no, I was gonna I was I was just gonna pick up where you left off. Go ahead, man. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, um, so we're, we're kind of closing this one out. But, yeah, if, if we're not placing a lot of emphasis on, on Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the guy to beat teams and allow the skill players to be the guys that beat teams, that's 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 what you want to do anyway. So it's it's rare that you have the all-pro quarterback on your team. But if you can have a pro, pro bowler, has 
has Fitzpatrick ever been a pro bowler? Uh, I don't think he has. No, I don't think so. If he can play the pro bowl type level, um, I think it's great. Help. He has cut down, bro. Become a pro bowler. Yeah. Like, like, you're doing what us dream of doing. So let's, let's, let's get it done. But, uh, Phil, you know, we'll, we'll get if ready. He just plays like he did last year. Post- straight. About this. I know you're. Hey, Phil, you. Dev, you break it up. Something called Washington Way Back, I believe. Oh. Yes. All right. I'll I'll pick this one up. Um. So. Everybody likes that I I do the the little player history and things like that to begin the pod and everything else. Um. And going back to my whole bringing the history forward to the present. Um, I think it's good that we kind of look back at the glory days. Um, obviously, podcasting is a great way to kind of, you know, discuss these things on our own time and so forth. Um, and, and and people can digest this uh, the material at their leisure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a series this summer called Washington Wayback. And I'm going to start It's going to be a couple, in a couple of weeks. You're going to see them popping up in your feed. And it's going to cover some of the aspects of the history of this franchise. You know, cover some glory years. I got a couple of topics as far as individual seasons, uh, individual groups of players. Uh, I'm going to talk about er- a lot of the people that are fans now remember 2012. The younger generation doesn't remember 99, which was, I, I say, the best team we've had since our glory years under the first Gibbs run. Um, so I'm going to cover the 1999 team and what could have been, um, because that could have been an era for us, but we can't, we let it slip through our fingers, but I'm going to cover the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, another thing I want to cover is I want to cover the posse because you hear the name, but I don't think a lot of people realize how good Art Monk, Gary Clark and Ricky Sanders were at wide receiver. Um, and I'm going to touch on a couple of other, other uh, topics as well that I'm fleshing out, but those are the two that I've, I've already fleshed out and I'm just about ready to start recording uh, and put out there for you. And I'm going to be putting them out this summer um, as I can. Um, I, I work. I have a son who's not in school. He's on summer vacation. And I also am uh, understudy for my master's degree. So because of that, um, you know, I had to space my time out as I can, but uh, I plan on getting about four or five of these out before we start the season. Um, and I think that this will be a nice little addition to what we do here on the Addicts Pod by expounding upon the history, expounding upon the glory, the fact that, you know what, right now we're in the middle of building something great. We haven't had this kind of optimism, you know, but in fits and spurts for the past 30 years. But I think it's good for us to remember that, you know what? We've had some great stuff happen with this franchise. I'm old enough to have been born into it. Those older than me, you remember even more. Those younger than me, you don't know about it. But now you're going to learn. And you're going to, you know, I want to instill that sense of pride that, you know what? This is one of the stalwart, legendary franchises in the history of the NFL. And you should take some pride in that. And I'm going to give you some of the nuggets as to why, you know. Um, 
know, I'll, you know, I've, 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 I'm probably going to touch on some Sonny Jurgensen. I'm going to touch on some of the George Allen years. Um, I want to talk about some of the players that are great that didn't get a lot of shine, but don't get a lot of shine. They're not the first names mentioned. You know, we'll talk about Larry Brown. Uh, we'll talk about Jerry Smith, you know, guys like that from the 60s and 70s who are fantastic players. And in Jerry Brown's sense, revolutionary. So this is what we're going to do with Washington way back. We're going to touch on the history. We're going to touch on the glory. And we're going to make you realize that, hey, this is a franchise you should be proud of from 1937 to 2021 and beyond. Nice. That's good shit, Phil. Well, simmer down, simmer down. We don't want you to go into an episode right now. Let's go ahead and save that content for a little bit down the road. So just teaser, take, baby. Take, teaser. Take, take a breath. Let them feel a little bit of the sauce. That's right. Take a breath. Let's let's let the juju flow back into you and and, and let's let's save that energy for the future. That's what I'm talking about. So, fellas, it, it's it was it's been a great episode. This is our our one year one year birthday slash anniversary. It was great. Episode 73 dedicated to Mark May. You know, we talked about mental health today, our, our birthday training camp, Phil being a fan ambassador, OTAs, Antonio Gibson in his turf toe. I mean, Washington way back content coming up. It, it, it's been a great, it's been a great uh, one year episode. Yeah. Troy Apke, whatever, man, whatever, man. So kill the mood. Yeah, man. That's like, wait up deflate the balloon. We were in on a high note. Dead on to bring us down. So you know what? You got to go first, man. Let's, let's, let's who your shout outs. Troy Apke might end up being the next, that might be the, uh, the first white corner to play in NFL since Seahorn, bro. I'm Possibility. Playing corner. So who's your, who's, is that your shout out? You're shouting out Troy Apke. Is that what you're saying? Is that, is that you going to record? That's your shout out. JCC Horn. <laughs> you hear that? The next Troy Apke. That's me not holding my okay. breath. So Dev is shout Dev is shouting out Jason Seahorn today, tonight. Okay. That's how we're ending episode 73. <laughs> I right, feel who you got. Um, I want to shout out there's a guy on YouTube, HTTR 1983. Um, this is a guy who I've been getting a lot of great content for the Washington way back. He's been uploading Redskins games from the past to YouTube, which he's not the only one to do it. But what he's do, what he has done is he's gotten an overlay where you're watching like the, the game broadcast on Fox or whatever, but he's got the WJFK audio mm -hmm. over it and it's synced perfectly. So you get to listen to the glorious tones of say Frank Herzog, Sam Huff and Sonny Jurgensen in their prime, uh, stuff like that. Um, it was a funny one. There's a, there's a Redskins-Rams game from 2 I'll, I'll give you an example, where they're talking about Danny Werfel starting at quarterback, and uh, Frank Herzog says, Danny Werfel's the only person who thought he should start at quarterback. And Sam Huff said, that's not true. So did his wife. And, nice. <laughs> and nice. things like that. So it kind of shows that those guys used to be just as critical as any fan and just as sarcastic and biting. So – if you want to catch, you know, some some glory content the way we we all consumed it when we were younger, HTTR nineteen eighty three on YouTube. He's putting together a massive list of games. He's got clips of like the biggest, longest runs, longest passes of the year for different years, things like that. So, really good stuff. That's what's up. All right, Ron, who you got? Sounds cool. I'm gonna try to give a shout out to Hotel Internet. I don't know if you guys can hear me if I sound like Neil <laughs> the Matrix, but I asked. We gotta call this podcast Hotel Internet. Phone, man. I'm like, and great value water. 
you know, I'm, 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 I'm like, Steve, please close out the pod because I, I started uh, wavering towards the end. But, uh, yeah, shout out to you guys, man. It, it's been a hell of a year. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, uh, working with y'all. It's been fun. We've had our ups and the downs, but uh, we're closing out our one year on the high. So it's, I'm, I'm excited to hear about Phil's Washington way back. Uh, throw that under the Attic's banner and a uh, great addition, I think, to what we provide to you guys. So, uh, Steve, I'll let you continue to close out. Thanks, man. Fantastic. So, yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, Rod's Hotel Internet. That's always always a pleasure when your when your internet connection sucks. And you know, so my shout out one to first to Taylor Heineke. You know, he he's he's duking it out. He he took an elbow to the to the face. Had to get some stitches. Looking like he was uh, in the boxing ring taking some blows, you know, so I had, I had to wear the, uh, you know, legend of Taylor Haneke shirt today. One just to piss you off. And then, you know, uh, two to give a shout out to Taylor, but my real shout out today goes to Ron Rivera. For those who don't know, Ron Rivera was one of 78 players and coaches nominated for the 2022 college football hall of fame in which they'll find out at the beginning of December. Uh, and I didn't know this about Ron until I saw the blurb on Twitter, but did y'all know that he was the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year in 83, and he was a consensus All-American? I didn't know that at California. So he's a – what is that, Gold, Golden Bear? No. Yep, that's yeah, Golden yeah, Bears. Golden Bears. So, hey, shout-out to Ron. Hope you make it. Hey, if you do, that that's cool. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my shout-out. So, uh, fellas, we're going to shut this one down. Just under an hour it was a great podcast. Um, look for the, look for the content in the Facebook group, uh, look for the content on, uh, any of your, where you find your favorite podcasts and uh, especially on, uh, on YouTube now that we're going visual content. So, uh, we look forward to kicking you on the future. We got some, some great guests coming up here in the future. We're not going to go ahead and, and drop those yet, but we got some former football players coming back on. We got some good media folks lined up. So, uh, we hope to give you guys some great content moving forward as we get closer to the season. And, uh, it's just, it's just going to get better from here. So, uh, congrats to one year to all the bros, all the, all the other addicts uh, in, in the group, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace. Peace.